I just go, Meadow, you ready? And she goes, nah, I guess so. God, I just want a coffee. This is what getting old is. Just surrendering to have to drink a tea instead of your third coffee. I remember when we started this podcast and you just took a giant shit on my head for being a tea drinker and now you're a tea drinker. Well, no, 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 no. I always, I, I like tea. I appreciate tea, but people that drink tea over coffee, I had a problem with. Okay. And to be clear, I was not <laughs> doing it because I preferred it. I was doing it because I was on a hormonal journey. Right, right, That right, lasted right. five seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excuses, excuses. No, just yeah. <laughs> Is this our first episode? Look after how far the, we've come. I know. Is this our first episode after the new year? No, this is going. It is the, indeed. Is Maybe it? not the first, but it's definitely we're in 2023. No, we'll have one on the second. So this one is, I think so, or maybe we're not posting on the second. Whatever. This is coming Whatever. up the ninth. So happy new year. Welcome to the future. Happy new year. If it is, I honestly was gonna film somewhere else to be like, it's not Christmas anymore, but we're recording it four days before Christmas, and we're just keeping it real. Today was my Christmas. With today was your Christmas. It's cute. Tell me about it. I helped both of you get gifts for each other. Yeah, Meadow really played an integral role in mine and Zoe's Christmas. I was Santa's number one helper this year. You were. I would get like weird cryptic messages from both of them randomly throughout the day and being like, oh, I love Meadow. And then you being like, oh, I love Zoe. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Okay, can I explain it now? So obviously we were on the phone yesterday talking about your, we were like FaceTiming. He was in Barnes and Noble, whatever we were talking for a while. Your boyfriend went off on the sweetest fucking diatribe about like, oh, what you know, guy. I tell Gabby all the time, but like, I don't tell you, but now I have your number, but now, so now I can, but like, I'm just so happy that she has like a friend and a sister like you. And, <sighs> you know, I've heard stuff about you because of her. And like, I'm just so blown away by who you are. And like, I love you guys both so much. And I'm so excited. And she's changed my life. Like when, and I was literally like crying at the dog park. Talking to him like I love you so much. He's so funny. He like he was like you know some would say I even saw Mahal today. Some would yes. say some would say <laughs> on, oh, on boy, Facetime. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so okay. Funny. How was Christmas? And did you bake the gingerbread house? Tell me everything. We did it. It surely did not work. But I knew that was going to happen. It never does. You have to use a glue gun. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's what parents do is they do a glue gun and then the kids eat like the candy or whatever. I mean, it was looking pretty, it was looking pretty positive. And then it just sure wasn't. And it just took a a turn. It really showed he's controlling when it comes to. Is he here right now? Is that why you're going like this? Yeah, he's upstairs, but I don't know if he can hear me. I was like, is this the Capricorn just really showing? Like I was trying to skip steps. This his season. And he was like, you're not doing it right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a gingerbread house. Babe, it's a gingerbread house. But then it fell. And Ah. so then, you know, when it fell, he told you so quick to be like, it was your fault. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. It was. No, it was nice. It was great. I'm going home tomorrow. I really don't want to. Yeah. So I'm glad we're talking right now because it's putting me in a way better mood. I just, I just am not in the mood. How long, how many days are you there? Four? Just five. Five? No, it's just it's like a fucking long trip for like something I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was cracking up when that Ram Dass quote popped up on my feed that was like, if you think you're in light go spend a week with your family. I was like, Gabby! <laughs> no. I'm just so not in the mood. Uh, you're going to make it through. How are you doing? I'm good. This is also, you guys had your Christmas this morning and Wednesdays is date night. And we're going ice skating. Oh. So it's kind of, it's like cute love theme all cute. around today. Be careful. Oh, I sure will. Last year, year before, my mom and I saw someone crack their head open. 
on the ice. Oh my god! Like horror. Like, <laughs> We're gonna get photos of Meta, like, in a <laughs> I already brought it up to Aaron last night. I was like, "So we have to go." He was like, "No, I know how to ice skate. We're gonna be fine." But neither of us. Why do I feel like neither you... of us have done it in a while? I'm gonna suck. Don't say that. No. Oh. I was gonna say, why do I feel like you guys are gonna have like helmet children, like the ones that like you like put in helmets to like do random activities? Honestly, over Aaron's dead body because. I t- we talk about this all the time. I was like, you better hope they get your athletic ability. Aaron's that guy that like yeah. any single thing he does, he's good at. Like athletic wise, it's kind of uncanny. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that had like a six foot four dad that like literally on a <laughs> on a on a like bougie spa Canyon Ranch, like that bougie spa. Mm-hmm. He, him and my mom used to go all the time, and they were like biking around, and he plowed straight through like an endangered cacti desert. <laughs> Oh like, my god! I have the most uncoordinated parents of all time, so I'm like, babe, you better hope they get yours because the only thing they're getting from the both of us is dancing. That's the only no, thing. They'll literally, get. yeah. That's so fucking funny. Oh, so funny. Yeah, they probably will be. By the way, I think I texted this to you, and it's going back to the previous conversation. But I found it so fucking funny when he looked at me because he wrapped his gifts and they were adorable. And he told me that Meadow, this is just like the most Meadow thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So if you've never oh, yeah. met her in person, this is what encapsulates her. She's like, don't worry. Next time I'll teach you my three tape method. <laughs> First of all, I was like, anyone that was raised by a mother that's also a Capricorn knows the three tape method. Like if you're wrapping a present mm-hmm. and you use more than just three pieces of tape, you're doing it wrong. Absolutely. I was raised by a Hallmark mother, clearly. Yeah. Do you, you have to know what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, I use three pieces. Sometimes if it's like a little, sometimes I'll use a piece to like help guide me on something, but then like I cut it out. Like I don't use it. Oh, okay. Cool. You know when like you're like you're gonna you're gonna form the edges. Yes. And you have to cut. Yes. And it's like really long. Sometimes totally. I tape that piece so that it sticks together so it's easier to cut. Across. I will just like fold it down and then refold it again. I like origami it. Smart. What else? Tomato tomato. Mm, you're probably better at it than me. We have a fun episode today. Oh boy, do we? We're talking love, baby. If you can't tell. The catalyst for this was we got one really good audience question. Was that what I think so? Yeah. Your idea. Yeah. And you said, let's do it. Let's make it a whole thing. Healthy relationships after trauma. Well, healthy sex after trauma was such a smash. And if you haven't heard that episode, it's a really good one. Go listen to it. But of that Mm -hmm. ilk, we, I think, I mean, you talk about relationships all the time. And then we got a good question Mm -hmm. on Team V and we were like, we really should. Now that you're six months deep, you're here, we should unpack it. Well, I, I think. It's we're definitely going to talk about healthy relationships after trauma, but I think this is just in general because I think there's like variations to trauma, and Absolutely. I think that like word gets like lost in the. There's big T, little T. Yeah. There's unhealthy relationships. There's abusive relationships. It spans the gamut, and we'll be clear about where our experiences stem from if you're or like in context as we speak. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I guess we'll definitely. There's definitely some parts where we will be specifically talking about like after trauma. Or like after, yeah, after like a toxic situation. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've all, we've all, we've all at that. least us. <laughs> we've all been there, done that. Okay, how do we want to start? We have this categorized. Yeah, flow right into. We have a, a beautiful note with a lot of our thoughts. Let's flow right in. Okay, take it do away. You start. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Both of us. Like you do it. I'm like, no, you do it. Okay, I got it. Um, let's start with how I found the love of my life because this is the first bullet point you made. So to yes. give the background. I was in a physically, mentally, sexually abusive relationship for six Mm -hmm. months. 
And after that decided, I want to talk to no one, flirt with no one, be with no one. Like I need such a break. And I spent nine months completely alone, learning to love my own company and be with myself and like try to heal that. And then boom, Aaron walked into my life. I wasn't looking for him. I frankly was not, I, I, not that I wasn't ready, but I just like, it wasn't even on my radar and I just met the love of my life and just instantly knew. But so I did take a long break, but I think the first step in us unpacking new relationships or healthy relationships after previously traumatizing, abusive, unhelpful, untoxic, whatever, is learning to fucking be alone. Mm -hmm. Conveniently enough, my godmom is my first love's mom. So like my ex's mom mm. is my godmom. Oh, and okay. she was the one that like we were, I was going to say sat me down, but we were on a hike looked at me and was like, the absolute best thing you can do for yourself is learn to love your own company and feel so fulfilled and feel so much love for yourself on your own before ever being with someone else. Mm -hmm. And she had told me that a couple times before, but right after that abusive relationship was when it really, really stuck and like hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, yeah. I dove headfirst into that and without even looking, found the love of my life doing it. I love that you started with that story because that was a question that we did get was how did you guys meet your your Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, cute. Yeah. I mean, I have a meet cute version of that, but do you want to tell it? We'll get to that. I yeah, can tell it later. I'll do it really, really, really quick. Okay. So I moved from Oakland. I just found an apartment a week before my new job started. I didn't want to be back in San Diego, whatever. I show up to work. There's only me and three other people in this small office and two people are already there. And they're kind of like shyer at first. I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like first big girl job out of college. 20 minutes late in struts Aaron in like a very cool outfit. I remember exactly what he was wearing and just like keeps his sunglasses on, doesn't even look twice at me, like strolls right past. And then our coworker, Billy was like, Aaron, this is Meadow. And he comes over and he's like, oh, new girl. And he like does a little, I can't do it because I'm sitting down, but he does like a little twirl and a little dance. And it's like, hi, nice to meet you. It's just the most Aaron thing I've if ever heard in my life. If you've seen Aaron, it's the most Aaron thing. Or if you've ever seen him dance on my Instagram, like it, it was so him. And the second he did it, I was like, oh, fuck, it's me in male form. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is my guy. Like, two days later, he was showing me around, like, the cool parts of San Diego because I was like, I don't want to be here. You know, I was in that phase of my life. I told Gabby this, like, a couple of weeks ago, I think. And we were, like, a block away from work coming back from our lunch break. I bought a pair of shoes because, obviously, he took me to a sneaker store. And he was, we were, I don't even know how, but we were talking about like our future children's names. And he was like, oh yeah, if I have a daughter, I've always wanted to name her Max. And every, I didn't even, I didn't even think I was into this man. Like yeah. just thought like, oh my God, great. Like a guy that's just like me, we're going to be friends. Like I actually have a friend here now that's so exciting. Like did not think we were going to be a thing at all. And every single thing in my body, like an internal voice went, that's your daughter. Which is like, and that was the first thing that planted the seed of like, I, and I literally was like, whoa, what the fuck? And then within a month, we were going to go to a concert together with our good friend and Kelly, shout out if you're listening. And I told Kelly, I think there's something between us. You can't go. I'm selling your ticket. And she was like, pop off, bitch, have fun. Like, good luck. Hope it is. Within like two songs, Aaron whispered into my ear, like ever since you walked through those doors, I feel like I can breathe again. And that was like the first thing he ever said to me. And then we were like, like stayed up all night long unpacking dead parents. No, it was ridiculous. And we've never been apart ever since. So that's it. And that truncated version. I love your guys' love story. Thanks. It makes me really happy. Tell yours now. <laughs> Not as meet cute. <laughs> <laughs> Still kind of is though. Honestly, Hinge needs to sponsor us. We met on Hinge. Yeah. I was his first and only Hinge date. 
her. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, I was like, I think I was in a moment where I was like about to just, I wasn't like in a dating mood. I think, I mean, you know, and I talked about it on here. I was kind of like about to delete the apps. I was just, yeah, yeah, I was just like cutting loose ends and kind of about to go into like another hibernation period. I was like, you know what? Just like give it one last doom scroll, like just one last doom scroll, one last hurrah, see what's out there. And I saw his profile and I was like, okay, not only is this like the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my life, but like (laughs) works in like mental health nonprofit. I was like, Wait, also, do you remember one of the first messages you sent him? We made you say something about like ABA therapy so you could act like you knew exactly what it was. You know, that was like the reason that he like decided to ask me on a date is literally because of you. He's like, so I fell in love with Meadow. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But we, you know, we are tomato, tomato. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was like that. And then I think he had like a picture of him playing baseball. So I was like, Annie's an athlete. Like, bye. Say less, obviously. So anyway, I like liked his profile and then he had been, I'll let him tell the story if he ever comes on the pod. Okay. Cause I want you to tell his perspective walking in and seeing you cause it's cute. Yeah. So anyway, he was like convinced to get on the app by a friend. He had never been on a dating app ever in his life. And his friend was like, bro, just do it. Like, don't be lame. Just do it. And he did. And then I think like one day he was like going to see a client and like client was late and he was like, whatever, let me just open it. And then there I was. And he was like, oh, interesting. So we started talking. I think we talked back and forth like pretty quick, like a little bit. And then I remember I was like weirdly excited because I was with you and Maddie and I was like weirdly Mm -hmm. excited about Mm -hmm. someone that like I had not met. We'd barely spoken, but like something in me was just like really excited about it. Yep. Uh And I remember. And you had a lunch date, which was like Like, unusual for you. He was like, let's get coffee. Yeah. It was a day date, which is like so unsexy, but honestly made me feel good because I was like, oh, he's not just trying to like Mm -hmm. fuck me and like leave. Like he's, you know, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We went on a day date. We went to Tartine and I remember he messaged me being like, hey, I'm like finishing up a work call. Like I'll be right in. And I was like, okay, hot, busy man. (laughs) And I like (laughs) went in. He, I just found this out recently that he was at the corner, like on the phone, but I didn't see him and he saw me like walking in, but like couldn't really see my face but was like oh I think that's her like I think that's her walking in and I remember when he came in I like saw him kind of come in and I I turned around and I remember I was so fucking taken aback like I have never been like more (gasps) yeah like I was like (laughs) I was like (laughs) when he walked in just for so many reasons I was just like so fucking taken aback by his presence yeah and immediately like I don't get nervous I'm not like a nervous dater. I immediately got like oh fuck. sweaty palms. Yeah. yeah, like I like started to get like a little nervous. I was like, oh okay. Yeah. According but to so him, so did he? Yeah, tell his yeah. Side. Well, according to him, he was on the phone with a friend. the The guy was telling he's an older guy, and the guy was like, "You're gonna get catfished. Like this isn't real. You're gonna get catfished." Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "I don't know, man. Whatever. Like if it is, like I'll leave. Whatever." And then like he walked in, and he said that when I turned around, he's like, "All I saw were just like your eyes," and then he was like no man she's like really hot I gotta go <laughs> like I, I gotta go <laughs> hung up whatever and then yeah that's how we started dating we have literally well we had a little bump in the road not a bump in the road we both were just being stubborn two dates in like we went on a second he like mm-hmm. asked me on a second date mm-hmm. immediately we went for dinner after that he had proposed a third date but I was like still trying I was like playing a little bit of game in the way of like I wasn't really answering his text and I was like busy but like everyone can respond to a fucking text like mm-hmm. and I was responding like 24 hours later it was kind of ridiculous not attractive by the way like in retrospect that's mm-hmm. just like not an attractive thing to do but on his end he was like she's not into me I'm just gonna cut it because like what the fuck like I'd rather just cut my losses whatever and on my end I was like well he isn't reaching out to me it's been like almost a week he's not chasing me yeah like why isn't he fucking playing this with me yeah 
I had Maddie telling me like, just double text him. It's fine. He already proposed the third date. Just message him. And he had his sister being like, what the fuck are you doing? This girl is the coolest person you've ever been in contact with. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's so not both wrong. of us had two people that love us deeply being like, what are you just, just like give it a third date. Get over yourself and give it a third date. And yeah. then that third date was like the most pivotal thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. We were up until like five in the morning, six. And then from there, it was like all of our dates. I think we spent, because I was going to Miami with you guys, like, mm-hmm. like a week later. Mm-hmm. So it was like dates like three. You spend like every six. day together. Yeah. yeah. Dates like three through six were like all in that week. And we were up until like 6 a.m. every night talking. Yeah. 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 And we just like haven't stopped. We're the you same also like we're the same person. You also unpacked so much so quickly. Like it, it, mm-hmm. same with Aaron and I like that. We went home that one night. We had to like establish we had feelings for each other and immediately like stayed up all night talking about our dead parents. And within eight days said, I love you. You know what I mean? You guys, not to get in because it's not our business to discuss on here, but like you guys unpacked very deep seated things like very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we definitely said I love you early too. And like, we definitely moved through things. And I think both of us on either end were kind of like, not freaked out is the wrong word, but we both were like, oh, like, what? Like, whoa, like, that's kind of wild that this is what we're both Mm -hmm. feeling. But okay kind of moving into like what we want to talk about because I'm glad that you started it with that because it's sort of like preparing for that type of relationship right of like prepping Mm and I hate I hate saying it because I find it an annoying phrase but like doing the work on yourself first I don't hate it because like what's the we can reframe it you know what I mean like oh what's uh, the work shadow work inner child work learning to love yourself self-esteem confidence self-worth I was like I can name it that's why it doesn't bother me but that but yeah, like, but other people don't. But like, I get it. Think I get about it. like a person who's just tuning in for the first time, and you right. hear a girl look at you and be like, "You just gotta like do the work." I feel like they're like, "What are you talking about?" Do you want to call it personal development? We gotta call it something quippier, though, huh? Something yeah. cuter. We'll just keep the work because you're right. I think I'm just in my head about it. Well, we'll work on it. <laughs> we'll workshop the work. But yes, that was in my first bullet point. Was like the only reason that I was able to meet this man is because of everything that I had done for myself leading up to it. You posted an Instagram caption for your and Aaron's five year that said it perfectly. I can't remember what the verbiage was exactly, but <laughs> you, you were like, I'm like, let me find it. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Do you remember what it was verbatim? Or no, like you what can it find was. It, it yeah. was something along the lines of like, I don't even want to working on it. myself. You said the best thing I ever did was work on myself so I'd be ready for you. And that is fucking sweet as fuck. And that's exactly what it is because listen, we're all balls of energy team. I always go back to the same thing. You need to do all this work to get yourself on a certain energetic level. Mm -hmm. And then you can attract somebody else on that same level. There's a really big difference between like someone who's like refusing to do work on themselves because at the end of the day, like we're always, we're always going to be moving and changing and we're going to be always evolving. So I think that like there's a misconception with being in a relationship where your partner needs to be perfect and they need to be like done cooking, but like none of us are ever going to be done cooking. Mm -hmm. It's always a process. So I think choosing to be with someone and you yourself going in with that intention, knowing like we're not done, but we're not projects. Mm -hmm. You're not here to fix me. I'm not here to fix you. Growing together. We're here to like improve each other. We're not done. We're going to be ever evolving. Which was, by the way, one of the first things that he said to me was he looked me down in the eye and he was like, I'm not a project. Don't treat me like one. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, well, the last like four people you had dated were quite literally your project. So he he nailed you very quickly on that. Yes. But that's it's funny. I just got like a flashback to something I used to say a lot when Aaron and I first got together in terms of like describing how it felt. It it felt like 
oh my God, like there you are. Oh my gosh, we have so much to catch you up on. Here's my hopes and dreams. Here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm going. Here's what I want to do in life. Like I got all this going on now that I have you, we're good. Okay, let's go. Like what are yours? Okay, let's go. Yeah. Like it just felt like catching up with someone and being like, okay, this is here. Like here's everything I still want to do. Like you're coming along with Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Like how can we support? How do these interweave? How do these intertwine? Yeah. You said something else really beautiful and poignant I wanted to make a point about. Oh, in terms of not being clear about what the work is when we're saying do work on yourself and be comfortable with yourself on your own before getting into something with someone. We said this in a previous episode, but I think it's worth repeating now how even if you're not in a romantic relationship, you have so many other forms of love around you. Mm -hmm. And that style of love doesn't have to define you in any way. And in fact, leaning into friendship love and family love and love for a pet and love for, you know, passion projects. That's one of the reframes or or places in which you could start doing the work on your own to feel self-worth and to Mm. feel the love around you and to like feel more content in your own presence being single before being with someone else. Learning to love your own company. That was the biggest thing. It was the biggest thing. Learning to be alone and love your own company. And like, I, I did it right at the phrase where phase. Gosh, I cannot speak today. I should have had the coffee. I'm telling you. It's okay. Um, You're doing great. Thanks. I did it right at the phase where I also was living alone for the first time in my life. And boy, was that poignant. Oh my God. The fucking, if you have the Mm -hmm. accessibility and means to do it, I probably wouldn't now, honestly, because rent was cheaper when I did that six years ago. But my God, it is, it's also very good timing to do something like that if you can. But if you can't, it, you don't have to by any means. Right. It just was convenient just for me. Create your own little, your little safe space. Exactly. I think, I think like the preparation leading up to, I think a lot of people like look at relationships like they're just waiting for them to happen to them and they're waiting for this like perfect meet cute. Mm-hmm. Yes, that can exist. And you can have a relationship like Meadows where like it just happens naturally. And it's like this moment of like, oh my God. But like, to be, I want to make something clear at the beginning of this episode too. Meadow and I are talking about people that we feel like, I mean, these are like our people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think every relationship you're going to be in is that, obviously. I think we have and multiple soulmates. And it does not need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I think we have Agreed. multiple soulmates. Agreed. I think it's just having the awareness of like around what it is. I'm not saying like you go into a relationship being like, oh, well, we're not going to end up together. Or like if marriage is something that you want to do, like, oh, well, we're not going to get married. Like I'm going to stay in it anyway. Like I'm not saying it needs to be to that extent, but I just think like. But also I've done that. A, yeah. If you're in your early 20s and you want to do that, like you can do that too. Right. Because I yeah. think I remember a friend said that to me a while ago, because I said that about someone. I was like, oh, like, I'm not going to whatever. And they were like, well, why would you waste your time then? And I was like, well, because right now my goal isn't to get married. Mm-hmm. So like, whatever. So and anyway, you're having fun. That... It's not time wasted. Mm-hmm. I want to make it clear because like you and I have both these stories where we're like, and then we saw them and then we were like, oh my God, even if that doesn't happen, all the things that we're about to say still apply because mm-hmm. any relationship that you choose to be in, period, whether it's romantic, friendship, familial, other and otherwise should have this like baseline level of respect, yep. adoration. Yep. Even if yep. you guys aren't in love, like it, you need to have mm-hmm. all of these things. So I think that's just like an important thing that I wanted to say. Love that. Absolutely. Before we move into the rest, you can walk, you can walk normal. He's walking down the stairs <laughs> really slowly. Hi, Zo. You can walk, you can walk normal. He's like, no, no, no I can't hear you. <laughs> No one can hear you. <laughs> You're fine. Please walk normal. He goes, I'm not here. Okay. Something else that I had here was understanding your values. And I know that you and I have had a conversation about standards mm-hmm. because I think it's really, really important for people going into relationships. And we're still in the primer section of the relationship thing, knowing what's a non-negotiable and what's you just being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
Someone asked a question that I thought was hilarious that said, I don't know if I'm single because I'm just a bitch to men. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair. How many times have we talked about that on here when standards are absurd? You know, I have strong opinions about this. Yeah. Please go ahead. Okay. Please go ahead. I'm I'm just going to start with my like rough big sister opinion that I have a lot of young girlfriends that say a lot of real cute things. And I look at them and think, when you find the love of your life, you're going to realize how fucking stupid you sound because <laughs> there's there's a difference between having self-respect and having standards and needs, which are absolutely appropriate. Mm-hmm. You should have, mm-hmm. you should communicate and you should feel no guilt about. There's yeah. a difference between that and also expecting so many things of people that truly has nothing to do with love mm-hmm. and like having certain, and I can't give examples without thinking of like personal ones friends have shared. And I don't want to share those because it's not mine to yeah. share. So help me think of examples. But I, I think it's very well, easy. Like, Go ahead. No, no. Finish your train of thought. Finish your train of thought. Nothing. It's just, it's very easy in today's rhetoric to like get swept up on the TikTok. Like they should do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, nothing about that is, is fostering or garnering real authentic love or telling you who your person is. And in fact, like you're just closing yourself so much to someone that could be your person. It's just, there's so many things that I see people really like harp on that. I'm like, none of that matters if you authentically love someone. And it's just like really rough to see that be like a feminism move. Yes. Because we all know we're talking about like TikTok feminism Mm -hmm. when it's like, that's so not what this is at all. Exactly. And to be clear, Meadow and I are both talking about like ridiculous things where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't. He has a cat. Yeah. Like, or like, he, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, that freaks me out. I don't, I don't want to date someone that, that has a cat. Like I would never date a man that has a cat. Like, are you fucking, come on. Yeah. So it's like stupid shit. We're not talking about like, oh, he like, tells me I'm ugly. (laughs) Like we're not saying like there's a difference between needs and standards and, and ridiculous, hypey absurdities of things that just are not conducive to like fostering, whether it's a friendship, like we said, like whether this goes back to whatever type Mm -hmm. of relationship you're going to have, like there's just these certain ideas floating around the internet that are funny and they're fun to talk about, I guess, and make content around, but boy, are they not helpful. No. And do you know what it kind of makes me think about? A lot of times when you're in a healthy relationship, your shadow is so overexposed because they're your mirror, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And it arises, your shadow arises when you feel safe. Because when you're no longer trying to do all these things, we all know Meta loves Maslow's higher grade of needs. Like, yes, that's when it it comes out, right? Like when you're feeling safe and it exposes. The way my whole body just like exploded with love for you that, you know, you're being the one to bring it up. Keep going. Sorry, I just Mm -hmm. have to. When you're in a healthy relationship, it exposes the conditioning that you've received about love. Boy, does it. However that shows up for you, like whatever just made you go like, oh, that's that's how that shows up. And I feel like that is where these unrealistic quote unquote standards come into play. Or, oh my gosh, you just you just gave me such a visceral reminder of like the flip side of that coin. My shadow was the person, my number, my first soulmate and the person that has never loved me more in my life was my dad. Mm-hmm. And so obviously when he passed away, I thought, well, I, I'll never get a love like that again. I'm so lucky to have had it though. People go their whole lives without having it. Like, who am I to set standards? Like I had. I had someone that treated me the best. I won't get that again. So I continuously Mm, chose to date people that treated me worse and worse and worse and worse until I hit that abuse level that cracked me out of it because I thought like, don't be greedy. Like you, you had someone that loved you so much. So that was like the inverse of my shadow coming out and Uh being 
you know, it's the opposite side of this coin of these like high ridiculous standards is how easily you can fall into abuse when your shadow tells you these lies. Yeah. Or like, for example, in my case, it's the fear of them leaving. Yeah. It's something that like, we literally had this conversation recently and it was something that like came up in acupuncture, duh. And we, you know, <laughs> Love I realized I've been doing it all of the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that I landed in an emotionally abusive situation was when I just, I don't want them to go. So first of all, I was Mm -hmm. choosing men that like were quote unquote beneath me Mm -hmm. because I knew they wouldn't leave because I knew that I like had them wrapped around my finger. Mm -hmm. And B, whenever an argument would arise, I had such fear inside of me that like I was the one that did something wrong, that I was the one that was going to be the one to fuck it up for them to then leave, that like I would just concede really Mm -hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and be like oh no, no 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 like i'm so sorry like like let me like never gonna happen again mm-hmm. like noted got it like we're moving on like i'll never do that again which is just like not realistic or then they do something horrific to you and you end mm-hmm. up consoling and apologizing them because they feel so bad like yeah that same perpetuating yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i think that like that's something that people i think a lot of times people run from an actual healthy relationship and from healthy love because mm-hmm. they see all of these things come up and then they blame it on their partner when in reality it really is just your shadow exposing itself and your conditioning exposing itself that said you have to have the self-awareness and wherewithal to understand what is actually like not okay behavior that's like their fault mm-hmm. and like what something that they're doing that like is you know worth you leaving and what is just your own shit that like you need to mm-hmm. work through and confront and like stare in the mirror that they're holding up to you mm-hmm. and do do your work to move to move through it but I think people like dip out mm-hmm. early because they they don't they don't want to do it or it doesn't fit the the programming of what they think that real love is supposed mm-hmm. to mean. Mm-hmm. And I will say this is where once I I'm big in my inner child phase right now. But once again, like if you've been exposed to trauma early on or just like chaos and trauma, like even if it's not you, big T, little mm-hmm. T, whatever, if you've been exposed to that and have seen that so young, you you feel comfortable in that. Your brain knows what to do mm. with that. It doesn't know what to do with healthy scenarios. So mm-hmm. even if that you are in a healthy relationship, I went through this too. Like at the beginning, you may be finding that your brain is finding things or problems to try to grab hold of because it cannot yeah. grapple with what this healthiness is. Oh, a hundred percent. Because it's comfortable somewhere else, you know? It could also expose to you, like it exposed to me, that maybe you didn't have as much self-love as you thought you did. Exactly. And maybe you don't actually think that you're deserving of what this person is providing for you. Yum. Toast? Yeah, he's making toast. (laughs) Yum. So that that can also be something. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. What the fuck were they saying? Oh, sorry. I got excited by the... I got excited by the... No, no, no. Don't worry. But... Yeah, somebody asked a question about how to, they said, how to unpack a previous abusive relationship to a new partner and mm. boundaries involved. Love that Do question. Take away. Sure. Um, I think off the bat, one of the most important qualities in a relationship is open communication. Mm-hmm. When talking about the difference between like standards and needs and having them, it is absolutely our right to have needs and it is absolutely our responsibility to communicate those needs. And you have to be open about communicating them to the other person and you can't set expectations for them to read your mind or know what they are. And in that same vein, being really, really honest about what you've been through, what you're comfortable with, like what scenarios you've been in the past, like even as fights come up and they show your shadow of old examples of Mm -hmm. things that have happened, 
being able to say sorry or relinquish that or like in real time in a fight be like, wait, I'm sorry. I know this is like an old, this is an old thing that I'm falling into. Like, give me Mm -hmm. a second or like Mm -hmm. being able to say that type of thing. And, and even something, I think I've been in fights where with Aaron, where I've even said I'm actively working through this in real time. So I don't feel confident in my ability to articulate it to you right now in this moment. Like can you give me a little bit to figure out what this means to me so I can come back yes. to you and say it productively? Mm-hmm. Even things like yeah. that. But I, th- I think absolutely open communication, communicating your needs and, and asking the person, remember we, uh, forever ago, I think it was season one, we're speaking about how, tr- although triggers are our responsibility, where is the line between if they're your partner, like asking them to do something to help ease your trigger mm-hmm. while knowing it's your responsibility to be working right. on said trigger? And kind of Mm -hmm. doing that balance, that's another kind of like sticky place to find where needs meet triggers Mm -hmm. and how to kind of delicately do the balance and dance between the two. Yeah. I don't know if this is like a hot take or not, but I, because I never want to be like victim blamey, like I know that's not my intention here. But I do think that, like you said, like it's your responsibility to communicate your needs and to communicate what like what you're going through and what your triggers are. I also do think it's your responsibility to take whatever you need before getting into a relationship. And if your triggers are like it, it, like incredibly reactive still, mm. then like maybe you're not meant to be in a partnership quite yet. And that's oh, fine. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. So I think it's like your responsibility too which sucks because like none of us ask for the shit that gets thrusted upon us, but it is your responsibility then to like actually like take that time. Mm -hmm. And I've said it on here before, after that abusive relationship, like I didn't date for like Mm -hmm. two Mm -hmm. years, Mm -hmm. three years. Like I didn't have like a boyfriend until like three years later. That was the movie and dance that I had to go through after working through that. Whereas like, you know, my last relationship ended and then a year later, I am in the relationship that I'm in now. But some mm-hmm. people move through things in five months, some people, whatever. I just think it's up to you to like genuinely figure out where you're at. Mm-hmm. Thinking about how time doesn't equate to healing mm-hmm. and like everyone does it in their own yeah. timeline. I read something really interesting that I want us to unpack in a separate episode about like compartmentalizing yourself in a way where you lose what your true authentic needs are to what society tells you should be your goals. Mm. And I think one of the ways in which we do that is feeling like we have to have wrapped up trauma and wrapped up life lessons in a certain amount of time. Like we even got a question about the pressure to be in a serious relationship by the time you're 30. Like that shit does not exist. I Sure, there's a societal norm and pressure Mm -hmm. and we see it in media, but it's so made up. Like this is all of us humans are just going to make up that that's when we decide to do things and just roll with it. Like it is so bizarre to me that we do that. And so that's why I just really, really say like, fucking stay in your lane, beat to your own drum, put the blinders on whatever way in which you need to do that in terms of like unfollowing people, not mm-hmm. watching media that follows that same storyline, like mm-hmm. whatever way in which you need to do that. But none of that is fucking real. And if you let yourself dictate your own goals and steps and phases of life based on where you're looking around and thinking these people are telling me where I should be, you're going to be real unhappy. Fucking gorgeous. Right? Fucking gorgeous. Okay, I have on. nothing else to say. We're going to move on to... <laughs> Fighting productively because we got Ooh, questions. I love this. Question. We got a couple of questions about this. Someone said, "How do you deal with conflict as a couple? Do you ever catch yourself being snappy or mean to your boyfriends?" Mm, I talking mm. about fighting productively mm-hmm. in a healthy yeah. relationship. I yeah, yeah, yeah. want Meta to start because I remember oh, okay. 
the amount of times that we've had this conversation of the way that you and Aaron fight and you've oh, alluded yeah. to it on the podcast <laughs> and it's the funniest shit ever. And I just want you to actually clue the people into it. I have a lot of, I actually, I, before when we were having breakfast this morning, I asked so. And oh, I said, cute. I should have asked that man has fucking taught me so much about productive arguments. Yeah. So uh, most of my responses came from that, him. I love and that very so good. much. I love that so much. Um, so I'll, I'll unpack that after. The very, very first thing that came to mind that I feel so passionately about that Aaron and I speak to a lot is that we have a fundamental understanding and mutual respect that we will never disrespect or fight with each other in a public setting around other people. Yes. Ever. Oh my God. And we did, made you, that... did you ever have a relationship like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've absolutely been there. And I still have seen examples quite frequently of it. And every time I think Aaron even was at a friend's giving or something and was telling someone about that the other day, quite frankly, like love is not enough. If you don't mm -hmm. have mutual respect and adoration and trust and all these other things, like love in and of itself is not going to be enough. And we respect each other and value each other so much. I would never be little or call something out or choose a time that's unproductive to get into something, especially surrounded by other people. Like it is a non-negotiable mm -hmm. in our relationship. Mm -hmm. That being said, the way we fight is like, it's two social workers in love fighting, which is fucking hilarious. Like the big joke is like, I feel th that this and, that, and then if you could do this, then I could do whatever. But the truth is, is like, we really it understand works. it works. And we also understand what each other's energy going into fights are. So like, I know for a fact, because of how my family was, like I could bring something up or something could happen and I could brush it under the rug and not sweep it up and keep going. Aaron will stew all day long and let it ruin his entire day. Mm. So the us knowing that about each other allows us to have him make sure that I acknowledge what's going on and move through it and have me be like, yo, th this energy doesn't get to wow. keep you here all day. Like we we know what Yourzo, each other patterns are. Really? Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, so cute. It's a Taurus, huh? Yeah. We know what each other's patterns are. We also know that he and I will have different ways in which we step up or step back. Aaron and I will step up and step back in really interesting ways where we really respect when one of us like needs a second to step back to like think about what we're saying before mm -hmm. continuing a conversation. Or if something's pointed enough that we need to address it before moving on, because maybe, you know, you're still going to work that day or whatever yeah. it is. And so we really allow each other the grace to, to just kind of like honor where there's needs dance and meet mm. and, and being willing to speak to each other kindly, mostly use I statements, um, give each other, like make sure that we always know we're on each other's same team. So speaking of our shadow, when we first got together, if I had a dollar for the amount of times Aaron said to me, like, I'm on your team. Oh my God. I'm on your him. team. I'm on your team. That's the first Even thing fights, you fucking said to me. I'm on your team. Mm -hmm. It's the most, when you, when you come from trauma, it's the most, I and think that's all the you hardest need to thing to grapple with. <laughs> and yeah. it's the hardest thing to accept, yes, right? Like, you, especially you in a fight. It. it feels like a lie. Exactly. And so that was one of the biggest things, but tell me, I want to, I'm so curious to hear what Zoe said no, because he, we're the he, same. Yeah, no, he, that's, that's one of the first things. And he's done that from the beginning of like, I remember that. I think, we are yeah. on the same team. He says like, not one person is greater than the program. Yeah. You know, we're like, we're fighting Absolutely. towards, we're fighting towards the same. I wish he was like on this podcast talking about it. I know. Me reiterating it with him in the room next door. He probably has his head on. And so knowing that you're on the same team, it's not a me versus you situation, I think is fucking key. And having mm -hmm. a partner like that reminds you of it, especially like people like us, that, like mm -hmm. it's hard for us to believe it. Mm -hmm. It's everything. We stay away from absolutes as much as we can. Like not mm -hmm. saying things like you always, mm -hmm. things like that. Love that. I think it's really Love helpful. That. Something that he said that really stuck out to me was like, 
when you bring something up, bring it up because it's something that you genuinely want to work through, not mm-hmm. because you're just pointing out something that that person's doing wrong. Exactly. So you could come from a place of like, hey, this thing that you did made me feel this way. Like I would love for us to be able to like work through it mm-hmm. because like, again, going back to what I said, like we're not finished projects. And like a lot of times arguments aren't going to be like, I'm a very solutions driven person, mm-hmm. but arguments a lot of the times are not, or conflicts, I should say, are not always solution. They shouldn't be solution driven because they're things that we need to work on and expecting someone to snap out of a conditioning or snap out of a trauma response or whatever it fucking is, is not realistic. God, you, so you and Aaron like, really are the same. <laughs> Love being a Taurus. So like having those moments where it's, and no, Dr. Michelle helped me with that because I was telling her about an argument that him and I had gotten into. And she was like, she's the one that pointed out that I react that way. She's like, why do you like, why are you like, oh, noted, done. Like, I'll never do that again. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, oh, because I'm scared he's going to leave. Like, and I don't want to be perfect. (laughs) And so she was the one that like pointed that out. And she's the one that like kind of opened up that that point of view for me. And Mm -hmm. it's really fucking true. And then the other day we were having a conversation about something and I implemented that Mm -hmm. on my end. Mm -hmm. And on his end, he reiterated reiterated to me like, yes, this is something that like we will work through. Like I'm not going anywhere, but it's ridiculous to assume that like it's just going to be fixed. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's not like a fucking faucet. Aaron wants so to do that too. Helpful. Aaron wants to like tie things up and fix things really quickly where I'm like, all mm-hmm. I, I was like, if you give me a solution one more time, the only thing I want is <laughs> words of affirmation. All I want you to do is tell yeah. me that we will mm-hmm. work on it and keep going. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You said it in the beginning while where you were like knowing when something is productive. That's something that he said too. Mm-hmm. He was like learning when to walk away when something is not being productive anymore. And like when it's just going south, I think this also has to do like, I think something that people should like have their pickers on for an actual what's it called? What's the word I used? Um, a non-negotiable, at least for me, is having a partner that diffuses Mm -hmm. because I'm, I am a very reactive, like when I get mad in an argument, my default is like bitchy and like condescending. And sometimes I like, I like to fight, like Mm -hmm. I'll escalate it. And Mm -hmm. he is the definition of a de-escalator within our relationship. Like for example, like that happened in the car recently where like, something pissed me off. His reaction to it initially pissed me off more when it was just trying to deescalate because in my head, I'm like, he's not letting me have a reaction. And then he like looked me dead in the eye and was like, you're allowed to feel however you want. You're allowed to react however you want. Like, please like get mad. That's fine. But what we're not going to do here is you be disrespectful. Period. And like he stopped the car and I was like, period. Do you want to have sex now? Like yeah. <laughs> literally I was like, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Having but, a partner that's like yeah. quite literally trained in the gnarliest like nonviolent <laughs> de-escalation yeah. for serious yeah. situations. Like, but watching him go through that and bring mm-hmm. that to the way in which we fight, mm-hmm. one, it's if it, it's so much easier for me to say sorry than it used to be. I used to not be able to oh accept it. Oh my God, it. same. Saying sorry used to be the hardest thing in the world. Hardest thing in the world. And not because I always think I'm right, but because I'm so scared of being a bad person that I'm wrong. And like- Same. Think, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't want it to like admit, I don't want to admit fault because then you're like, ha ha, you're person. not perfect. You're a bad exactly. person. Exactly. Yes. And so you and I have gone over that real fucking quick. Like even yesterday, mm-hmm. we ended a call and I was like annoyed at something he did. And I waited literally 10 minutes and called him back and said, I just wanted to apologize for the way in which I ended that call. Like, <laughs> and he was like, thank you so much for saying that. And like we moved on. And it wasn't a big deal. Like I know mm-hmm. for a fact he would not have brought it up. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. one of those things that was tiffy and you move on. But it was so nothing for me to recognize in myself and call back and do it. 
And one of the ways in which I think that became easier was my heart is my heart opening exercise. Mm, like I that, love that. Will you remind people of that? Because I love that. I think it's really important. Yeah, very quickly. When you're in the heat of an argument, something that I started doing that's super helpful is quite literally like when you feel that wall closing in or you feel your chest mm-hmm. kind of closing in that wall going up, visualize, like take deep breaths and visualize your heart space opening and send love to the person. Like in the heat mm-hmm. of the fucking moment, I will sit there and deep breath or that's when maybe you need to take the second to walk away. You don't have to mm-hmm. tell them what you're doing, but mm-hmm. visualizing this staying open, staying open, staying open and allowing love to come through at the same time. Oh yeah. my God, it is monumentally, oh, energetically changed the way that we fight. Do you know what I think could also be really helpful in that same avenue that you were just saying? Understanding and honoring your boundaries with each other is so fucking important because like mm-hmm. you said earlier of like knowing when like someone needs space or someone wants to talk about it and finding a middle ground if you're in the opposite. Because that's happened where it's like, I want to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. or And then like, they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm good. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's fix yep. it now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So figuring that out is really important. But his example the other day was about like calling people, like declining people's calls because he's like, if I'm in a bad mood, it's not that person's fault. I'm not mm-hmm. going to answer the phone and then like be a dick and then hang up and like inevitably feel bad and call them back and be like, hey, sorry for being a dick. I'm just going to decline their call, move through what I'm moving through. And then like, absolutely, whatever. So I think that's also important. Circle back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I wanted to make this point. I don't think I said it earlier about when you're like fighting in a, in a healthy relationship versus like when you're coming out of a traumatic relationship or whatever, you can't you can't punish somebody for somebody else's actions and mistakes. And so I started, I think this is the conversation where I was trying to take it when I started the conversation about like my hot take of thinking like you need to just fucking take time and be alone. It's that like you can't punish somebody for somebody else's mistakes. And I think it's unfair to not give a new partner a clean slate. Mm -hmm. You can just, you Mm -hmm. can give them all of the information they need to make decisions. You don't withhold because then you're like tricking them into something. You, you let them know where you're at. You let them know your triggers and you allow them to be the person that you know that they are or let them surprise you. Yeah. When you're not trying to control the situation, if this person is not meant for you, that moment will allow for their true colors to be shown because what you don't want to fucking do, which is what I've done and I did in my last relationship was coach somebody into telling you what you want to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is so fucking stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. I understand it's coming from a place and I can say that because I fucking did it. So I'm not calling you dumb, whatever. Let it go. Get over it. (laughs) I'm saying that you're just doing the most giant disservice to yourself. It's like faking an orgasm. And to them because Mm -hmm. they're not learning. They're not growing at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. literally, you're, you're feeding them an answer that you want to hear. But then when they tell it to you, you're like, why doesn't that sound authentic? Mm-hmm. Why don't I believe you? Oh, because mm-hmm. that wasn't your thought. You're just mm-hmm. reading a script back to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like with him, for example, in this relationship, like I tell him all the time, I'm like, your reactions shock me in the best way every single day because I like allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking force feed him. I don't suffocate it. I don't control it because I'm trying to let go mm-hmm. of what my programming is for what love is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. The thing that I think is like another step with letting someone go and not bringing past conditioning to a, a new relationship mm-hmm. that my mom always pointed out to me and other parents growing up mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. if something happens And the most poignant example is cheating. And you Mm -hmm. decide to forgive them and be together and work through it. You no Mm. longer get to bring that up every fight for the rest of your life. Oh my God. That is, I used to say this to one of my friends because this happened. Her boyfriend would do it to her. Like they, 
I don't want to give the exact example, but I know, it was, I know, it was, I know. It was similar, but it was so long ago, whatever. But it was, it was similar and it was the same thing. And I would always say, he's an adult. Mm-hmm. He chose mm-hmm. to make that decision. He can now not bring it up to you and yep. resent you mm-hmm. every fucking time you guys have an argument. Absolutely. He made not. the choice. Mm-hmm. No one had a gun to his head. He made yep. the choice. If you want to be there, you you choose to let it go, decide that you've forgiven and move mm-hmm. on. Obviously, if there's a pattern repeating itself, that's a different story. Right. But it's so inappropriate and it'll ruin your relationship. And my I I Completely. love my mom oh, used to point loves, that out and other parents Cynthia. to me and be like, this is what to not do. Like that's mm. how to ruin a relationship. Did you ever notice with other people's parents too? Because like I notice this with my parents all the time. Like <laughs> resentment, like when you let shit fester and then you're like, oh, you've been sitting on that insult for a long time. And that was something else that I wanted to bring up about productive arguing is bringing shit up when it arises Mm -hmm. and not letting it fester as a way of like adding ammunition. So that when you like fight again, you're like, well, you did. And there's no keeping score. You have a fucking backlog of shit. No keeping score. Giant, giant caveat. There is a fucking time and place for everything. As we know, per Thoughts May Vary, episode one. (laughs) There is a time and place for everything. Don't go listen to it. (laughs) Don't listen to it. Bring shit up in the moment, but understand fucking social cues. Yes. And understand when there is a time and place. It's not the person asking you to swallow your feelings. It's, listen... In the words of the inspirational Taylor Swift. Oh, God. Just deal with it, Meadow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. She has a line in one of her songs, All Too Well, that is something along the lines of like being something about the guy being a dick in the name of being honest. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's such a bar because it's so fucking true. It's like so being like, a dick in the name of mental illness. Yes. No. Where you're uh, like, oh, I'm just telling that. you this, but like, I, I thought you just wanted me to be honest. Yeah, fuck I you. I thought you wanted me to be honest. Fuck you. No, bro. Yeah, that's no. not honesty. So don't let shit fester. Bring it up in the moment. But right. like, don't be a fucking moron and like understand social cues, please. Right. I think the last thing I want to say about fighting, I guess relationships in general, is that another Ram Dass perspective that Gabby <laughs> always says as well, one plus one equals three. Like not Mm. only are there two people in a relationship, but the relationship is a separate entity that you have to love, nurture, respect, Mm -hmm. think about and treat as its own thing. Like there is a person here that comes with their own conditioning, their own baggage, their own list of experiences, Mm. their own preferences. And there is the relationship in which the two of you are building and nurturing as well. And like understanding how to see that difference and nurture both those things separately and together is so key to a healthy relationship. I love that you brought that up because it's something that I'm, moving through a lot right now and Mm. it's just the concept of like family and home and like you know you and I've talked a lot about it like offline and stuff and and again like this kind of this teeters the line of like what I was saying in the beginning of like you know you and I are speaking from the perspective of like this person is our twin and like the person we want to be with and we're meant to be with and blah 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 so I'm I'm just experiencing that a lot right now with him I'm so goddamn protective over this relationship and like over him and I've never experienced this before in my life where like I will fucking fight to the death. Like I'm I'm so protective of it because it is so sacred to me and it's so important to me and he's so important and valuable to me. I know that what we're growing is like its own, like you said, it's like its own little thing that you're like feeding mm-hmm. and nurturing and like protecting and keeping in like this little bubble in a way. Mm-hmm. that like it's gonna it's gonna bring up, it's gonna bring up shadow work that has to do with like the other relationships in your life, whether Mm -hmm. it's like family or friends Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the dynamics there, like Mm -hmm. that's going to come up and you're going to have to like choose to not choose one or the other, but like choose 
what you're going to let impact this like little beautiful thing that you're trying to like nurture and care for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's an important separation. It is. Absolutely. I think I've been having a lot of conversations to that. Like, obviously we've been together five years. So like the fast forwarded Mm -hmm. version of that, of Mm -hmm. recognizing and knowing very clearly what all those other dynamics within our families are and having very poignant, explicit conversations about what we refuse to bring into our family. Mm-hmm. And even though they're still living family members that we're around with all the yeah. time and have dynamics with, Aaron and I very clearly discuss what we see there and what will not be brought into our family unit. Oh, fucking same. And what will we be. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. Talk about it it's all the fucking very, time. I love, 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 love that distinction. Mm-hmm. We have one more section, no? I think the rest was just audience Q&As and you guys... I did not expect you guys to send in the amount of questions that you did, especially because I honestly sent, I've like posted it on my page like three hours before we were going to start recording. I was like, unbelievable question. So many incredible questions. And I, we integrated a couple of them into the episode because it Mm -hmm. like worked with what we were already talking about. And it Mm -hmm. was a reoccurring theme, but there's so many that are so great and so valid that like, I think deserve their own time. So mm-hmm. I would love to do a Q&A maybe in February. Yeah. Would love that. A little love is in the Day air moment. Love is in the mm-hmm. air type yeah. of type of combo because there's yeah. so many good questions. I know I, I'm tr- I'm fighting every urge in my body to not just like end with one because I know if I pick one, we're just going to want to keep going. Same. I'm looking at like literally only the four that we have Me in there. Too. And I'm like, Me I too. could talk about this for 30 minutes each. So I don't I know. even want to because like the first one. I know. Me. The physical <sighs> one, so important. Like I just, there's too much to say. And people wrote, and you haven't seen the ones on my profile. People wrote I know. funny shit too. Oh my gosh. I mean, the, the person that literally wrote like, how do I know if I'm single just because I'm a bitch? And I'm like, yeah, That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do a Q&A. We'll do a relationship we'll do a Q&A. style Q&A. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fun. Any closing thoughts? This was thoughts? good. Sorry, I feel like, no, I, I, my closing thought is that I wish I would have had a coffee because I feel like I have a lot more insight on this that I wasn't very illuminating today. So you're extremely illuminating always. Thanks. We always have more time to integrate your illuminations (laughs) into the episodes. (laughs) That's true. I'll circle. I'll I'll make sure I'm triple caffeined up for y'all next time. Listen, this is our pre-holiday. Are you taking a break for like work? Oh, absolutely. I didn't even tell you what I did this morning. Oh, can I just quickly side note? (laughs) Side note. I decided yesterday that not only will I take a break, but I refuse to feel guilty for taking a break because I absolutely deserve to like not have to work and just bask in my own pleasure and fun. Mm -hmm. And so this morning I drove like 45 minutes out of my way to go to an old coffee shop that I used to go to when I was little, buy a coffee and walk around the meditation gardens that my mom used to pull me out of school to go to. Meadow. I know. That's what I did all morning. Oh my God. I fucking love that. Oh, I'm going to steal a page out of that book. Not that I can go anywhere Please that I do. used to go growing up, but like maybe I'll You're do a- one in Miami. Go get, go get yourself a tomorrow. frozen lemonade in that park and like meditate yeah. or something. Well, it might be too cold. Is it going to be cold in Miami? Okay. Apparently there's a storm coming in the Midwest that oh. my mom, my mom called me this morning, like frantically. Well, my mom, oh, ha- yeah. my mom has the worst weather anxiety. <laughs> no, she just has like a like panic stricken. Like yeah, yeah, everything is, is, panic like a, is the fucking end of the world. Yeah. And she called me and she's like, there's everything storm. is an eight and above. Yes. Yeah. She's like, storm in the, in the Midwest. And, and, and I'm like, you're fine. I'm like, I haven't gotten any delays yet. Yeah. If it gets delayed, quite frankly, I don't want to come anywhere. So it's fine. <laughs> she's like, you need to fly out today. And I was like, no. Yeah. No, like absolutely not, not. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing laundry. I'm finishing this episode. I'm trying to fucking be at peace. Whatever. The point is, when I get back, 
I'm glad you're taking that week off because we have all this shit pre-recorded. Not shit. These are very insightful episodes yeah. that you guys sign up for every week. <laughs> we have all of this pre-recorded. Please don't unsubscribe. We have all of this recorded and we'll put them on social and we'll promote as we do. But like other than that, everyone we that I work with uh-huh. is also taking a break because they're in corporate America. Yeah. So they exactly. have all this time off. And you know what time is the best time off? The time between Christmas and New Year's. It's that yeah, it awkward is. week. You know what I no Googled No one do it anything. Was, you know what it's called? What? I Googled it. Well, yeah. according to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> hey, that's, that's Bible. <laughs> holiday taint. It's the holiday oh, taint. Gross. Gross word. Sorry. Well, it is. And yeah. that's what it is. It's a little in betweener. And it so, really is, actually. Are, let us know what you guys are going to do during that. Uh, I won't say it again. During that period of time. Like you can say it like I care. I am <laughs> kind of sad because it's going to be the second year I used to starting like right around now, like right before Christmas, I would delete my Instagram and not get it back till February. I would do through the holidays and the entire month of January wow. off Instagram. And it was li- my favorite month of the year every year. It was yeah. liberating. And then the past two years, we've had a podcast to promote. So I'm still on, I'm still going to be on the gram. But one, absolutely, I'm going to try to take a break from at least being on it during that weird in between. Mm-hmm. But if other people don't try to monetize all their hobbies, I really recommend that. That sounds like great. a fun way to start the new year. That sounds amazing. Well, I guess this will already have, this will have been, the holiday taint has passed. Well, if you're hearing it now, to, yeah. to log off for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love you. Love you. Anything Bye. else? I guess not. Enjoy our new outro, by the way. We never explained that. Aaron, Aaron but is our But so outro. many people stuck around for it, which was really cute. We got like really sweet messages. Everyone's like, he's so wholesome and professional. I'm like, yeah, I chopped and screwed the fuck out of 17 <laughs> takes that we did. Thank you. He did it 45 <laughs> times. No, it was so good. He did the best it job. It was cute. Can't wait till they come on. The boys. Big Valentine's Day special. Yeah, I just keep saying that to like put it in their ear so that they have to expect Ooh. that they're doing it. So he has headphones in. for sure. He thought they were sleeper as headphones and he can't hear me. I was gonna be like, you know you're coming with Damn it. He has no idea. Alright, ciao. Alright, love you. Love you. Thanks for listening. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.